Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maximum Octane. I am your ringleader, Kim Hickey. Joining me today is uh, a man that is so passionate about serving both internal and external customers He is sure to inspire and motivate you. And that is Mr. Bill Nalu. Thank you for joining me, Bill. My, so an honor. I I really appreciate it. So this is not going to be about like KPIs and whatever. And and maybe sometimes a KPI will pop up, but it's not, it's not going to be about that. It's more about like leadership and really to, to be a successful leader, CEO, whatever you want to, we have to have all the pieces, right? Mind, body, soul, every, you know, everything has to kind of be together. So yeah. um, yes, there will be things about business. Sometimes there'll be automotive, whatever, but it's not going to be just like KPIs. You know, for example, yesterday I had Lee and Kelly Weatherby, you know, that might think yeah. from accurate. Yeah. And one of the things they talked about was their marriage and working together and the problems it caused. And they actually um, had to go to marriage counselor because they mm. didn't think they were going to come through. And they said, what a shame, 36 years, oh my God, raising the kids, the business. Now they're over the hump, ready to retire soon. And they can't stand yeah. each other, right? Because of all the, so I thought it was so brave of them to talk about that and that they didn't have the tools no, any longer the two of them to work on it. So they went to a counselor and things are great, but they said it's a lot of hard work, you know, and you have to choose to be married and you have to, you know, and, and I thought, you know, this is wonderful. And th- these are some of the things I don't talk about right on a lot of just in general, you know, the automotive and, you know, a lot of macho guys and, yeah. you know, we don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about, you know, here's some of the things that can go yeah sideways and here's how we get through it. And, and so I, I really liked it. So I, I think I'm kind of open to anything. <laughs> I'm open to anything and whatever comes up, you know, to be sort of, I guess, to use the word organic, that's absolutely overused, but I, I just, I want people to understand their people and not just a business leader and not just that. And so they have to make mind shifts everywhere, I guess, basically. And I don't quite know how to articulate that. You have to not only make a shift for becoming thinking like a CEO instead of I'm a tech now that owns an own, you know, a shop or I'm a baker that owns a bakery, but how do I make a shift to be a better father, a better mother, a better friend, a better, you know, all of that. Wow. What a, what an assignment. Well, it's a passion of mine as it is with, I think with most people to grow oneself. And the sad part about it is how many of us 
don't do it actively, right? We, we do it passively in a reactive way. And then we wonder why relationships at work mimic the relationships at home. And, uh, and so what I have to say for whoever's going to be hearing this from this point on is I say this as a uh, person who uh, benefited immensely from the relationship that I had with ATI, as I had uh, with other coaching companies. So all I have to say involves about 30 years of industry information that much of which I could have taken more advantage of. So if I can somehow help somebody in some way or uh, shape or fashion, that would make this uh, next half hour, hour worthy of their time. So, so with that said, uh, I once said, I think it was at, the, at an ATI, ATI uh, uh, conference, I think that was the one in Tucson. And that is that the relationship and the, the, every relationship, you, know, you only have to answer two questions. Where am I going and who's coming with me? And, and if we mix those up, then we find ourselves being married to somebody either at home or at work that we blame them for, you know, how did you, you tricked me into this, right? I can't <laughs> I believe, <laughs> I can't believe you brush your teeth this way instead of this way. I can't be with you anymore. And you, you know, can you stop that annoying sound? What is that? You're breathing. It's so repetitive, right? And, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm exaggerating. I'm trying to be funny, but these things start to gnaw on us. And, and I've come to realize that those people that annoy the hell out of us are the people that are there they're coming for us. I've got a, a young man, Casey, who uh, who came into my life as an 18-year-old. And uh, my brother and I are partners. And so he's been in and out, but for the most part, he's been, he's been employed with us. So one of the situations is that sometimes he'll, he'll do things that only like a son can do. So he's somewhere between him being a younger brother and my son is where, where this relationship part. And so sometimes he'll cross the line. And how many people can you say this about? Like in 25, in 20 years plus, I've tried to fire him. And he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go. And he doesn't do this like out of disrespect. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go because I know you're going to come back down to earth from your craziness right now. I said this a thousand times before that I don't know, there's dozens of times where I should have been fired by my employees. And likewise, I should have fired them. And somehow by God's grace, We've managed to get past all of this stuff and, uh, and make this relationship a lifetime relationship, one that is worth their worst day in my sanity and one that is worth their best day in my, you know, during my worst moments. And I think that is what a healthy marriage looks like. I mean, my wife and I had to go to couples counseling at some point because whether it's in your seventh year or 17th year, you come across a situation, you're like, I don't know if I can live with the restrictions placed upon me that we place on each other, right? right. Whatever it might be. And in my case, my case, I'm a workaholic. I'm, an, I'm addicted to this industry and what I do for a living. And I get enormous value from that. And as I get enormous value from my home life, the problem is it's out of balance, so that's my challenge. And, and I tried to justify it for years by saying, well, look, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't gamble. I don't mess around. I don't have, you know, I don't have a, a side hustle. I don't do any of these things. All I have is a 50 to 60 hour work week and I just can't get enough of it. Right. So that as if somehow that is less destructive, you look at our, across our industry, right? What, what is the, 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 the divorce rate? 
among our industry. It's got to be higher than the nation's average, right? It's a complicated business, right? We, during our, our, our emails, right? What, have, what did I mention here? We happen to service the most complicated consumer product man has ever created. And we happen to employ and serve customers the most complicated machine that God has ever created. You put those two together, <laughs> it's a miracle. I mean, it's a miracle that, that, these, that our businesses can thrive the way they have. So if you're a young shop owner and you're listening to this and you're having some trouble, what do you do? Well, for one, you get some coaching and you listen to a Kim Hickey or you listen to a Mike Haley. Mike said something to me <laughs> a few years ago. Oh my God, did he ever put me on my butt? He said, uh, he said, Bill, when was the last time you took a vacation that wasn't industry related? And I couldn't answer it because of, because I was ashamed what, what are you going to say to somebody when the answer is, I haven't taken a personal one. They've all been excuses. And you're probably thinking you're doing a great big deal for your wife. Like, honey, come with me Guess to what? Yeah, know, we're going San to... Antonio for this conference. Guess what? All yeah. expenses paid. You get to come with me and join me. <laughs> so so that was that was a wake up call. But I would tell I would tell you, Mr. Young or even old shop owner is surround yourself with people that you can trust that are willing to go to the distance with you. And to the extent that you do that, to the extent that you, you prepare your life in a, in a way that would, that would understand where you understand that life is a contextual framework. In other words, if I have boundary problems, right? If I have, maybe I have boundary problems at home, maybe, maybe, you know, I work excessive hours and I've got a crazy spending wife or it's vice versa, right? Somebody clearly isn't checking with each other and money could be an issue, right? That's grounds for a divorce, right? Fully justified. You, that's not even anything to be sad about. Whoever is outspending the others, you know, the household income, it's, it's, it's insanity. Uh, Dave Ramsey talks about that stuff all the time. When somebody calls in and he says, you know, I've got this, this one guy had called up years ago. I remember this. And this guy calls up. He says, you know, Dave, you know, I, I love my wife. We have a great relationship and all this other stuff. And Dave, as, as he normally is, is like, just cut the crap. Tell me what's going on. Right. And he says, well, my issue is my, my wife likes to, to have a lot of credit cards in her wallet. And he says, uh, he says, get a marriage counselor. He says, well, no, no, you got to listen to the rest of it. He says, well, my problem is, is I come home and she'll have bought $4,000 worth of furniture and, and it's not the stuff that I like. And, and he goes, get a marriage counselor. And then he says a third time, and finally Dave says to him, he says, you're not listening to me, are you? He goes, what do you mean? He says, you don't have a financial problem. You have a relationship problem. And the relationship is your marriage is going to, you have, you have boundary issues. You, you clearly had not agreed on things that are important to you. And, and I, so I, I take that and I think to myself, so where does that apply at work? So in my case, I've been fortunate enough to have three technicians with me that have been together for over 10 years. And it's like, I haven't lost anybody. Even throughout the pandemic, we didn't lose anybody. And I think the reason that that happened is, is after 15 years of doing this, I finally got into my head is if, I've, if I'm going to hire people, I can't hire the most technically gifted person. I've got to hire people that represent what I represent, that see the world through how I see it. And so I identify as a father who is a, uh, a provider and a protector, right? And so what that means is that if I find men that are responsible, that are, that are fathers that have families, lo and behold, they obviously, I 
present the example as a, as a business owner. I show up to work and I put in a, a an honest to goodness day. I'm an active owner. And so that is what shows up for me. Now, sometimes it's a situation where life can present you with the opposite because it doesn't think that you're actually serious about what you're actually doing. So what does that look like? Well, if, if I say, for example, I'm an honest business owner, and yet I'm complaining about all these dishonest people coming in, maybe this bad checks being whatever, or people ripping me off and all this other stuff. The issue isn't that I haven't learned my lesson about honesty. The issue is that clearly I think that I need this experience. Otherwise, it wouldn't be showing up in my life. Like, Let me interrupt you for one moment because you you are a, a self-confessed workaholic. You're addicted to work and, and the business that, that you've grown for there. And so how do you, you know, many people are right. That are business owners. They, they thrive on being there. That's, that's what keeps them going. So when you're mentoring your team and you're finding people with similar beliefs and you want to be a good mentor and example for them, how do you handle with that? Like, don't do as I do. Like I'm, I'm a workaholic. I want to be here six hours a week, but I want you to take time off have quality time, have good work balance, have spend time with your family, but I don't do it. So don't, don't look at me. How do you, do I ever have a perfect example for you? So <laughs> September of last year was the first time in 30 years plus that we started closing Saturdays and, and how many shop owners do I know? I've got hundreds of them, right? 99% of them say, are you, are you stupid? Close on Saturdays. You'll be more productive. Okay, trust me, you'll have, it'll be easier to keep people. So I throw up this weather balloon. I say to the guys, I think we're going to start closing Saturdays and Sundays. We, we have to have a two-day work week. And the reason for that is because my A-tech and my B-tech both are young fathers with two kids at home and a wife. And I said, I'm not going to have you guys repeat what I had to repeat, how I fit in Boy Scouts and volleyball, you know, all, and all the travel stuff that we ended up doing. How we even ended up doing that, I don't know. And but I'm certainly not going to allow that to, to happen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk you guys having to repeat that. So we're gonna start closing Saturdays nights. And they fought me tooth and nail. Oh my God, we're gonna lose business and we're not gonna be as productive and all this other stuff. And lo and behold, here we are. We're a five-day work week, and every and, and I still have to get used to it now to have a two-day weekend where the phones aren't ringing and there's nothing going on that, that has to be attended to work-related, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And if you're a shop owner, and if this is your issue, if you just if you have guys that are workaholics like you are, you've got to dial it down. If you can't do it for yourself, I couldn't do it for myself, but I saw them repeating what I was about, what I was, what I had done. And I was that was a price too high for me to, to see that happen again, you know, and by God's grace, it wasn't anything catastrophic. It didn't have to cost me a relationship, whether it was a spouse or children involved. Somehow I managed to get through this ex extremely hectic pace over the last 25 years, 30 years, uh, without it really costing me too much at that point. So if you're, if you're hearing this as a shop owner, please, please, if you can't run a business in a 50-hour in a work week, there's something else going on. Beyond. And that's many businesses, right? Not just yeah. shops. I mean, you have to you have to understand. And in today's world, people care much more about balance, work, home, you know, home life, 
spending time with family than they do about anything else. I mean, we've done study after study, survey after survey. And, you know, this is not the days anymore where you go to work, you plug in your 60 hours, you know, you tell your kids don't dare call. I remember, my gosh, if I would have called my mom at work when I was growing up, I better be missing a limb or, you know, in the emergency room because you did not bother your parents at work, right? Like that was... Holy cow, the whooping you would have got when they got home, (laughs) right, for bothering them at work. And now kids call all day, you know, with cell phones, whatever, you know, with people want access to their families. And people, some some business owners are not making that shift in understanding. And this is a better way, right? We have to open our minds and, and hearts and understand this is a better way because if we have internal customers that are happy at home and have a healthy home life, good relationships, with their significant others, their children, with their friends, they're going to be much better internal customers, right? They're going to be much better employees, much more productive and happy. And we have to be part of that. We have to give them that permission to be with their family and put their family first, right? Instead of the old way that we used to do it. So you said you're still adjusting to Saturday and Sundays, no phone calls. You don't kind of don't know what to do it yourself. So there becomes almost an identity crisis, right? When, when you are the business and you, that is the center kind of your universe. And that's what you are seven days a week. You eat, breathe, sleep in. Then all of a sudden that's not what you are every day. You know, you have to start realizing the business is not who I am, right? It's, it's part of what I do, but it's not who I am. So how, how do you make that shift? Cause that's huge for a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. and business owners is, is yeah. to, how do you live like that? Yeah, the, the great question. So I, when you were saying that, I, I go back to the word balance. I think to myself, like the reason that I think what has sustained me over the years is because I, I live and breathe service. And I know it sounds cliche, but I get so much back. Like I had a, a customer of ours. I was having a one of those bad days that we all have a while back, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. And uh, this customer comes in the door and I said, uh, how are you doing today? And she says, uh, I'm doing okay, considering everything. And, and I'm one to, I, I don't just, I, I'll have a follow up. So as I'm writing her up, I said, what's going on? She says, well, I, uh, I was in the shower. This lady's 78 years old. I was in the shower, smelled smoke, the alarm, the smoke alarm went off. And I had to run out of the shower grab my uh, husband who is, it, it, her husband's is uh, sort of bedridden, 78 years old, walks out with a condo that's burning. So the condo's on fire, walks out and manages to get her wallet, I'm sorry, her cell phone and her husband. Everything else is gone. Oh my gosh. And, and it's just, I thought to myself now, isn't this interesting here? I'm thinking I'm having a bad day and this person shows up here. What is this all about? Is it is it seriously an accident? You really think this is just a coincidence? Or do you think this is this is God Almighty Himself, if you believe it? Or if not, if you don't believe in God, the universe, right? You don't think the universe is going to send you somebody who's going to smack you upside the head and say, wake up, dummy. Consider what a really bad day looks like, right? Uh, and we see this at shop owners all the time. Somebody had you know, uh, somebody pass away in their, in their business or something, something seriously much bigger than your little world. So not that it's not significant. Things matter, right? It, it was having a legitimately bad day, but sometimes being connected to other shop owners, being in the stream, 
whether you're in a coaching company, being able to call somebody, whether it's your coach or what have you, and saying, this is what's going on right now. It's not finances. It's not, it's all of it at the same damn time. All of it is happening at the same time. And I don't know if I want to be in business today. And I I don't want to just sell it right now. And what, what does a smart coach like you say? Breathe a little bit. Okay. Take a week. Let's let's investigate. Let's see if that's truly what you want to do. Let's let's talk about it. And then you investigate and you find out a week later, later it wasn't that. So so you weren't absolutely sure that you wanted to get a divorce. You're sure that you didn't want to jump off the bridge. You're sure you didn't want to sell the, the business. It wasn't the end of the world. It's like we're grown human beings and that we act like 16-year-olds in high school after the first breakup. And, and sometimes we tend to overreact. So maybe having a, a friend network, a trusted partnership with, with somebody at home or, or at work where, where guys carry each other, uh, where you know each other's personality, when you know when somebody's having a bad day, what that looks like. And I mean, I've been pretty forthright, but I can tell you from personal experience, I've got some of the most amazing human beings in my life at work. They wouldn't be there had I not had the grace to, to dig a little deeper to find out what qualities lie underneath there. Because the qualities that lie underneath there are what I need. That's my oxygen. That's what brings me to work. And I'm always, I'm a little disappointed sometimes when, when people say, well, successful shop owners, you've got to have four of these things. And then you've got to be on a boat in Florida enjoying your life. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of it. There's nothing wrong with it. And I would like some of that. But what about the part that you're a shop owner, you genuinely enjoy what you're doing, right? Why not a little bit of balance? So, so work less than 50 hours, put in 30 hours and, and shake hands and kiss babies and, and remind yourself along with your team, why it is that we do what we do for a living, that we're in the service business. I know it's out of service and I know it's complicated and it can be difficult and all that, but it's still service. At the, and, and it's not, it's not, let's not make it more complicated than it needs to be because we can get overwhelmed pretty quickly when you, we look at all the things that a shop owner has to do and be. And some of us don't have that in our repertoire, right? You know me from the fact that I'm not a numbers guy, right? I'm a relationship guy. And forever and a day, I've pushed numbers away until it became a little bit more, until I could put some color on it, until I could see sort of if I could rationalize the relationship of financial statements to what it means to run a business and how those things, until I could put those together, I just couldn't get past that point. That took me, I can't even tell you how long it took me to deal with it. Well, but that's why it's so important to have a support team as, as you mentioned, you know, everybody cannot be an expert on everything. And, you know, there's, there's this, I don't know, stigma or something to, I think to a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders of if I'm the leader, I have to remain tough the whole time and I can't ask for help and I can't show any weakness and I can't, and it, and it's just so silly and it holds so many people back because why take five days to do something that if you just make a phone call or say to someone, I'm not sure how to do this. Can you walk me through it? That you can do it in, you know, five minutes or five hours versus days. But, but we do, for some reason, put up those roadblocks ourselves and say, oh, we can't ask for help. Well, we'll look weak or, you know, I have to be the smartest person. So if I tell someone, I don't know how to do that. So it's really important for that. You mentioned about service and I know that you're really passionate about just people, people in general and building relationships. John Taffer, for anybody that watches Ray's um, 
Bar Rescue. He has a fantastic book called Raise the Bar that I just, I love. And it's about the restaurant business, but it, it applies, you know, business is business, right? For, for the most part. But he talks about what we do in the service business is we sell customer reactions. And when you think about that from it, we sell customer reactions and whatever your product is, whether it's automotive repair and service, whether it's cupcakes, whether it's a drink, whether it's vacations, that is the vehicle to which we obtain that reaction, right? And so his kind of litmus test or rule of thumb is if he serves food at one of his establishments, if people are sitting at the table talking and, you know, on their phone or whatever, and they they put the plate down on the table, if everybody doesn't stop and look at that plate and say, wow, that he failed. And so, you know, if you're not wowing your, your people, and that's both internal and external customers, you're failing. And I think we we lose that piece too. If people are not complaining, we assume that they're happy, right? And that's that's not the case. And you really pride yourself in that customer reaction for, for both internal and external. Why is that such a driving force for you, the, the, the people part of it? I, I naturally like to challenge what goes through my head sometimes. I, I like seeing things from two sides of, of I, and I don't know why that would have happened. It, it, part, I think part of it is, it, it may be related to the fact that because I'm an immigrant, because we, I don't know if, if, if you know some of my history, but we fled Baghdad when I was eight years old. We, and then we moved to Germany, we lived in Germany for three years, and then we came to the US in 75. I think having to go from Arabic to German, and then from German to English, and then going to different schools and having to be that person that sort of walks into a room, knowing that you're a foreigner in more ways than one, in language and in ethnicity, having to walk in and, and adapt to that, it's helped me to be able to see sort of how that looks. And if, if I may give you a business example to this. So some of us have shops in ethnic communities, diverse communities that once we were, we were very you know, white, let's just say, right? So a lot of us don't realize this. And, 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 and I have cover because I'm an immigrant. I'm going to say some things that I'll, you'll see that this is actually will prove itself if you actually practice what I'm about to tell you as a shop owner. So uh, you have a customer coming in the door, be they maybe Eastern Indian or maybe, uh, or maybe uh, Eastern European or, or what. If you come from a, th- a third world, bargaining is something you do. You know, the, the prices aren't set. You go to the markets I mean, there's meat hanging there. You know, there's a butcher sitting there and it's an open market, right? And everything is bartered, right? And you can go to Italy and Greece and see that. And so when I say third world, I mean just places where there's open markets. Well, if you have somebody coming to your place of business and your $799 service is answered with, well, that's too much. And you don't investigate that further. You don't say, well, how much is too much? Can you explain that to me? And then you realize that this person is looking for some kind of a discount, right? You could take the high road and and say, well, my coach told me that discounting (laughs) is is not allowed. And so therefore I'm not going to do that. And so by not, by saying to somebody, well, you know, this is America and the price is the price and all that. Now they walk away. And the reason they're walking away and never coming back is because what they think is that in where I come from, my culture is that I barter, you know, we reach somehow we reach a middle or, you know, you help me understand why you can't, whatever. But the point is, if you don't barter with me, you, you've dis- discounted me as a person who is not bartering worthy. 
I'm not worthy of bartering with. And so they walk away and they never, ever come back. Oh, wow. I never thought of that, that they would almost like an insult. Well, it is. It is. And so nobody realizes this is going on. And you don't realize that right there, you have some of the most loyal customers if you just engage them. And so how I would engage them. And again, because I I, I know sort of what, what they're actually asking for. If you offer the discount and say to them, look, is, is what's standing here in our way, this $800, is what's standing in our way is a $20 discount or $40 discount. If I do this for you, will we go ahead and do it? And if the answer is yes, then the qualifier is, we'll do this because I want you to experience what we're all about beyond the price. But we'll do this one time as a good faith uh, measure. And, and if you don't mind, with all due respect, our pricing is the pricing. We don't play games with pricing. So if we go ahead and do this today, Kim, if we take $50 off this bill and we go ahead and do this, will this be the last time that we're going to have to discuss this? And if the answer is yes, then we move forward with that. If the answer is no, that's a different situation altogether, which we don't even need to necessarily get into. But the fact of the matter is there's a cultural divide there and we just walk right past each other, never even realize it. How many times has that happened? In marriages, how many times does that happen in relationships that work with employees, you know, guys that don't know the value of being there on time and what that means to the, the business as well as the other employees? Maybe it's ordering parts from the vendor and doing side jobs. You know, there was a thing on uh, one of the other forums with you have it's okay with you to have an employee that's doing side work and ordering parts and paying for it in cash under the name of the business. To me, those are huge boundary red flags. And I am amazed that people get into those things. But more amazingly, they're shocked that this is happening. They, they don't realize that this is, this is a relationship-based thing that has to do with just not having proper boundaries set in relationships. A lot, a lot of food for thought there. I'm, I'm kind of, my head is spinning. I never thought, I, I seriously still thinking about that could be perceived for some different cultures of that you're not respecting them because you're not willing to have that conversation. And so important when you think about, you know, we talk about in sales in general, knowing somebody's buying personality and understanding what language do you speak to them in. There's all kinds of books on like love languages, right. And relationships yeah. and there's even one now the the five love languages, they've translated it in the business workplace and I forgot that the title of that one, but it's the same author and you have to get to know your people, right? And so that's your internal and external customers. And just like you said, with setting up the boundaries or anything else, what motivates them? What, you know, if they don't know or understand why, you know, coming in 10 minutes late every day is, is a big deal that we can't just assume that they know that. And we have to dig deeper and especially in today's world. And, Maybe they're coming in 10 minutes late every day because they have to take their children to the bus stop or they have somebody at home that they're caring for and have to give medicine or whatever. You know, we can't be any more like the world used to be cut and dry. Nope. You better be here at eight o'clock. You know, our hours are eight to five or you can't work here or whatever it is. Yeah. We have to listen. Right. And how many of our male shop owners, the Martians among this, you know, and for those of us, I mean, I know you know this, but <laughs> it's a, a book by John Gray called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Yes. And how many fellow Martians still say, you know, you, you come to work 
uh, late on, you know, all the time and all this other stuff. Well, it's not all the time because if it was all the time, then the employee wouldn't say, well, I came to work on time Monday. Remember, I know the other 364 days I was late, but <laughs> that one time. So you, so that's not a, so automatically now we have an argument when in fact, all that you got to do is personalize it with I statements and start it off with when you show up late, I feel like you, you don't value and respect the people that you work with, because this is our business. This isn't, you know, again, it's just like, you know, you came to work late and then, and I don't appreciate it. And there are all this, all these judgment things. And nobody is thinking about starting this off with, I feel, and I know feelings are difficult for guys, especially tough guys who work on cars. <laughs> we don't want to use statements like that, but you can't argue with that. Right. You know, you can't argue with me saying, you know, Kim, I feel like, you're the smartest person in the, you're not going to argue with me over that because that's my feelings. You're not going to deny, my, right? But if I say, well, I know you're the smartest person in the world. You can deny that if you don't feel that way. Like that, that's the difference between, uh, there was a, uh, a, there's so much of this is in child rearing. There's an uh, author named Chick Mormon, and he has a book called Response, hyphen, Response Able Parenting. And he talks about the difference between praise and encouragement, and he says, praise is child comes over and says, hey, mom, what do you think about what I drew? And let's just say it's just spent, you know, five minutes of time, whatever. If you look at this and say, well, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Okay, I can take that. But the next time if I come in and I spent half the time doing that, and it's also the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, I learn that your praise isn't worth anything because it's not realistic. Because no matter what I do, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And, and it, it could be perfectly legitimate that this is the most, because after all, it's your child that has, that has drawn this. But the child at that point in time realizes, you know what, this praise thing isn't worth anything. What does encouragement look like? Encouragement looks like, well, uh, so mom, what do you think about this here? The encouragement is a question in response. And, and the question is, before I, I tell you what I think is, what do you think about it first? Could you tell me what you think about this? Well, I think um, I could have done a better job. Really? How so? Well, I could have probably colored this in and I went over the line here with the crayons. Right? Interesting. Okay. So what do you think you're going to do the next time to make it worthy of, of how you want it to be? Right? We're encouraging them. So it comes in from the inside because from the outside, you've, you, treat, you, you have a, a praise junkie who's looking for a pat on the back at every time. Do we have I mean any- how we give trophies to every... Do- do we have for doing everything? Yeah. Don't get do, me started do on that soapbox. Well, yeah. I mean, do we have any employees that spend 10 minutes working on a car and pretend that they just, you know, they just moved a mountain, right? Oh, I'm the greatest thing ever. Well, how about we get back to work? There's other three or four cars that we need to get to, right? And so if you have a praise junkie, that person has been trained that at every turn, you're the greatest thing ever and all this other stuff. And nobody can work around them. And you wonder why the hell you can't build a shop around this guy who who says he can fix or, you know, anything and everything. And maybe he can, but the minute the praise stops, he feels unappreciated and he's gone. So it's not even about the money. Well, that is definitely a lot of, a lot of food for thought. And uh, uh, hopefully it's going to make a little bit of a shift for people. One final question um, before we sign, sign off today, Bill, what is one unproductive habit that you've had that you have exchanged for a productive one? Facebook. Facebook is just horribly, horribly. It just, it's just a time-sucking thing. And the problem is, is you, you 
turn on this thing and, and you've got industry related forums and I like my politics, but all the other nonsense, all the other garbage that's in there, how to turn that off. I don't know. I haven't figured that out, but I, I would love to know how, how somebody else is doing it. I don't have an answer for that. All right. All right. Well, I can tell you one of the steps that I got to do is take it off my phone. Cause my gosh, I'd go on there to look at something, uh, you know, a client put or whatever. And then the next thing I'm watching cats playing the pianos and a zebra singing, whatever, and, and everything else that comes in. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining me today. A lot of thank information, a lot to what's the, what's the popular saying now, a lot to unpack in this, in this podcast. Well, you know, and hopefully, hopefully if people are watching this, this is something that can't just go back to one, but and, and other podcasts, when you listen to something, maybe something that just that you don't agree with, go back to it a week later or a, or a year later and just say, see if I hear it with it, just like a book, right? Like, like this poem just doesn't make any sense. And all of a sudden, one day you open it up, you're in the right frame of mind. And all of a sudden, oh my God, this is, this makes sense. And it could be, it could be a poem. It could be a joke. It could be a, a formula. Something just does not, it just doesn't resonate with me. And all of a sudden it opens up because you just let it, let it simmer a little bit, you know, consider it, right? Ponder, nothing wrong with pondering. Pondering is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kim. Everybody. My best to everybody. Stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.